Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series called Bold, and I talked last week about being bold to shine. Well, today I want to talk to you about being bold to share. Bold to share. Bold to shine and bold to share. We get our really text for the whole series in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. It says this, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. These disciples stood before the council and they began to share about Jesus and the resurrection of Christ. And so they, can't, they couldn't believe the boldness. They were in awe of the boldness of, of, of Peter and John. And it says that they could tell they were ordinary men with no special training. Come on, somebody that should give all of us a little bit of a comfort. No, we don't have to be these, these extremely biblically, biblical scholars to be able to share about Jesus and be bold for him. We don't have to have all this special education or special training. No, we just know that as we spend time with God and God begins to change us, we can begin to shine and share about him. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about that today, really bold uh, to share. And I believe this, that we talked about bold to shine. And I think this, our, when we shine, that's our witness. That's our life. That's how people can see us. And they see, okay, there's someone, something different going on in their lives. They're responding different. They're, 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 they're have, they have joy when they should have, they should have uh, frustration. They have peace when there should be fear. And so we shine by the way that we respond. It's our witness. But then also, we can't just stop there. That's not just being bold. Being bold is shining, but it's also sharing. We have to begin to speak about who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. If we just shine, we're just a bunch of good people. If we just share about Jesus and we have no witness and we have no character, then we're just sharing and then we're, we're a bunch of hypocrites because we're saying one thing and we're living another. So really being bold for Christ and being a witness for Christ is first that we shine, but also we can't stop at shining. Then it has to be an overflow and that we begin to share what God has called us to do and what he's done in our hearts. Does that make sense? So important. You know and we say the term bold. I said this last week. And I want to reiterate this. When we say the term bold, oftentimes we think, bold means loud. It means wild. It means yelling. It means shouting. And bold is not really a volume. Or we think, well, Pastor Jordan, you're an extrovert. So obviously you're an extrovert. So obviously it's easy for you to be bold. It's easy for you to share or speak. That may be true as, as my personality, but that doesn't mean when we say boldness, boldness isn't a personality. It's not extrovert or introvert. Boldness is a passion in our hearts. You can be an introvert and be passionate about something. You may love a book. Let me tell you something. You may love it, and you're passionate about that book. Well, what happens when you read that book? You want to share with others about how good that book is. What is that? That's boldness about what it is. I've had so many people about this one movie that's been out that keep coming up to me. Extroverts, introverts, doesn't matter. They're all saying, you got to go see this movie. You got to go see this movie. You got to go see this movie. And so why? They're passionate about it because they enjoyed it. And so through being passionate, they're willing to share and be bold about it. It's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus. If we're passionate about him, then it's an overflow out of us. It's not an obligation in our hearts, in our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's so important that we understand this. And so when we talk about this today, we talk about being sharing for him. It's not this concept of, oh, well, that's for the preacher. 
or oh, that's, that's for the people that are super loud, and oh, that's the people that are super funny, or that's the people that are super extrovert and just love to talk to people. No, God has called all of us to be people that are bold for him, and I wanna show it to you today as we talk about the scripture. The Bible says in Acts chapter one and verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. As you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be my witnesses. And what does that look like? Telling people about me everywhere. This is Jesus speaking. He says, listen, I want you to know that you'll, you'll be my witnesses. What does that look like? It looks like telling people everywhere about who he is in our lives. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Turn to the person you're sitting next to and say, you got some pretty feet, come on somebody. Come on, turn and tell them. Tell them you got some pretty feet. Now, some of y'all know y'all got some Shrek feet. You know what I'm saying? But the Bible says, y'all got some Shrek feet. But the Bible says, let me tell you something. Doesn't matter how they look. They're beautiful. The people that are laughing know the person not laughing is the person with the Shrek feet. Come on, somebody. It's all good. I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. But seriously, the Bible says, the Bible says, Beautiful the feet. That wasn't planned. I just said that, but that's okay. The Bible says that beautiful are the feet of the ones who are willing to say, I want to go and I want to share. Why? Because he says here, the scripture says, listen, there's many people that want to believe. There are many people, but how will they believe if someone doesn't tell them? How will, they, how will someone tell them if someone's not bold enough to be sent? And so this is what we understand. God has called all of us to be messengers, witnesses to share of his love in our lives for the us and for others around us. My witness is how I shine and also how I share. Now, the question should be, well, why should I share? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Romans chapter 10, I want to break this scripture down, and I want to show you a few reasons why it's so important. The Bible shows us it's important for us to share our faith with others. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say some people that are, that, are, that, are, that are perfect people or some people that know everything about the Bible or some people who go to church a certain amount of times or pray a certain amount of times. No, he says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does this show us? It shows us God's heart is for everyone. God's heart. It's God's heart. Why do we share our faith? Why? Because people are God's heart. You and I are God's heart. But not just you and I. Everyone on this planet is part of who God's heart is for. His heart is for all people. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16, we all know the scripture. such a famous scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Not for God so loved Christians or for God so loved good people or for God so loved the, the, the certain type of people or the certain the status of people. No, for God so loved the world. Why? Because people are God's heart. People are God's heart. Now here's the thing that we have to ask ourselves. Do, uh, does our heart line up with God's heart? 
Does our heart line up with God's heart? The Bible says when we accept Christ and we believe in our our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says we're saved. The Bible says the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. The Spirit of God that rose Christ from the dead now dwells in us, okay? So now the Spirit of God is in us. Then it says this, that we are called believers or the term is Christians. The term Christian means Christ-like. That's the meaning of Christian. It doesn't mean I go to church. It means I'm Christ-like, meaning this. My life is like Christ. Well, what is Christ? Christ shows us all throughout the scripture that his people are his heart. And so if we're gonna be Christ-like, that means people have to be our heart too. If it's his heart, the question we have to ask ourselves is, does our heart line up with his? Because if it doesn't, then that means there needs to be some realigning in my heart or in your heart that shifts some things because in the end, we're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to love the same things he loves. We're supposed to be passionate about the same things he is passionate about. And he is passionate about people. I love it in Matthew chapter nine and verse 36. It says, when he saw the multitudes, this is Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. See, passion for Jesus is not a volume. Passion for God is not a volume. Passion for God, it it manifests itself as compassion for others. Passion for God manifests, meaning it's this, this outward expression of passion in my heart. This outward expression is other people, compassionate for other people. I love it. Not pity for people, but compassion for people. Compassion is not pity. Pity is, oh, I feel bad for you. Compassion is, I'm moved to to help you and to to walk with you and to to live with you and to share with you what God has done in my life, okay? And he had compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Pray to the Lord. He says, the harvest is great. What does that mean? That means there are so many people that are hurting. There are so many people that are broken. He says, they're like weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd and they're lost. And he said, there's so many people. He said, he's so compassionate, he's moved. And he says, pray to the Lord. He doesn't say pray to the Lord for lost people. He says, I want you to pray to the Lord that laborers would be built up and laborers would go out and begin to reach the ones that are lost, the ones that are scattered, the ones that are hurting and the ones that are broken. As a church, as as people that are Christians, that's us. We're the laborers. The laborers oftentimes can be looked at in in the concept and the mindset if we're not careful, oh, well, we we gotta pray for more pastors. Yeah, please pray for more pastors and pray for the ones that are already here. My God, we're crazy. But laborers are all of us. The Bible says that we're all called to do the work of the ministry, not someone that stands on a platform or has a title of a pastor or works for a church. No, we're all laborers. Why? Because there are people in your world that you will see that I will never meet. So that means if we're waiting on pastors to reach them and to love them and have compassion for them, those people will never see Jesus or never hear about Jesus. No, God puts us all in specific places in our worlds so that we would shine and share. Why? Because those people are his heart, just like you and I. He loves us and he loves them. He loves them just as much as he loves us. I love this. The Bible says he's moved with compassion. And the scripture says this. I want, as I asked, does our heart line up with God's heart? The Bible says this. A good man brings good things. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, 
A good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. New King James Version, you may have heard before, says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in my heart, my mouth will share. So we will quickly know the world, us, individuals, together, myself. I'll quickly know what I'm passionate about if I just listen to my own words. And so here's the thing that we have to ask ourselves. Are our words, are we, are we bold with sharing with our mouths and speaking about Jesus and what he's doing? Are we bold to those in our communities? And are we bold to our neighbors? Are we sharing in our workplace about what God is doing? Are we sharing in our schools and our classmates and our sororities on our teams? Or, or, are we sharing? Because I'm telling you, if we're not sharing, it's showing us a picture of our heart. We're not really that passionate. I'm not trying to be mean, but we're not really that passionate in our heart if we're not sharing. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the question we have to ask ourselves is we know, oh yeah, everybody says, oh yeah, God loves the world. Oh yeah, God loves the world. Oh yeah, God loves people. Oh yeah, God loves everybody. Oh yeah, God loves, he's compassionate for everyone. He loves the lost. Well, that's great that we all know that. The question we have has to have to ask ourselves, are, are we lined up with that in our hearts? Are we lined up with that in our own lives? Are we speaking about who he is and sharing about who he is and the love he is, has for others? And, our, and being bold for them in our lives. It's God's heart. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15, it says, how will, anyone, how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Why are we to share our faith? One, because it's God's heart, but two, it's because it's our mission. It's our mission. As a Christian, when you accept Christ and we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, now we're not just, okay, now we're just sons and daughters. Yes, we're definitely sons and daughters. Praise God for his grace and his mercy. But now from that, immediately as we become Christians, now we are put on a mission to walk with God in relationship with him, but then to share with others around us and shine for others around us, being bold about who he is in our lives. It's, our, it's the Great Commission. We all know this, the scripture in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the earth. Ends of the day, age, excuse me. Like, oh, well, that says go and make disciples. That doesn't say go and share your faith. Well, let me tell you something. You can't make disciples without sharing your faith. And so it's, our, it's the great commission for all of us that we would be a people that we shine by the way that we live our lives in our communities, in our worlds, in our circles, but then also that we'd be willing to speak and be bold about who Jesus is and what he's done. It's a mission that we are called to. It's a mission. And oftentimes the church, we can forget the mission and we can make it about us. The other day, uh, for those, many of you know, we, we have a newborn and praise God, y'all team no sleep, y'all pray for a brother and a sister, you know what I'm saying, but we, we, we have a newborn and the other day Ashley's like, hey, we're running out of formula, I need you to go get some formula. Got it, gonna go get some formula. I go, we go to the store, I go to the store, I need some, I'm kind of hungry because I hadn't eaten and so I start looking at all the snacks, okay? I don't know about y'all, but I'm a snacker, okay? Any kind of snack, 
count me in. You know what I'm saying? People are like, you want that? Yes. I don't even know what it is, but I'll eat it. I eat the baby snacks. You know what I'm saying? Ashley's like, why are you eating that chocolate peanut butter puff? I don't know. It tastes good. Okay. I love snacks. So I'm in the snack aisle. I'm looking at snacks. I'm like, I'm going to get me a couple snacks. Y'all know the worst thing you could, you could ever do is go to the grocery store when you're hungry. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get some snacks. Next thing you know, the, the cart is getting full with snacks. I get all the snacks, I leave, I go home, I got all my snacks, I'm so happy, I'm ready to eat some snacks. I get home, I unload the snacks, I put all the stuff away, and Ashley says, where's the formula? I said, uh-oh. I forgot the formula. Now, here's what's funny. I know, I'm be, I know that's a funny story, but it's the truth. Now, here's the, th- here's the interesting thing. Oftentimes, that's what the church looks like. We get sent on a mission And then all the distractions of the world and what we think Christianity should look like start coming in. And, oh, we want to make sure that the worship feels good for me. And we want to make sure that that the preferences of myself and what I want and what I like. And and next thing you know, now we make Christianity about us and we completely forgot the mission. And that's people. That's the world. I'm not saying we can't hang out with one another and we can't build community with one another. I believe in community. I think there's the only way to walk in freedom is through walking in community and godly community. But there has to be, it has to get outside of our little community. And when I say community, I don't mean the the city. I mean our people, our world has to get outside of that at some point. And we have to shine and share for others to receive the same blessing that we have received. Don't forget the mission just because you like a lot of spiritual snacks. We can make the church, hear me, hear me, we can make the church about us. This is what our culture has done. We've taken the American consumerism concept and we brought it into the church and we made the church about consumerism, meaning this, I'm coming and there's this transaction. I'm coming, but I need to receive something for me. I need to receive something that makes me feel good. I need to feel the presence of God. I need to make sure that I'm getting fed. I'm feeling good so that I can walk out. That's all great, but that's not the purpose of the mission of why we are called Christians. The purpose of the mission is yes walk with one another but then it's to stand up to share what God has done in our hearts to the world so they can receive the same thing we have at some point in the last 100 years the church has lost the concept or the perspective of what the mission of the church really started out to be and that is to save the lost and shine and share the love of Jesus is this okay if not I'm sorry it's literally the bible It's so important that we understand this. That as we walk with God, yes, God wants us to be blessed. Yes, God wants us to be fed. Yes, God wants us to receive his presence. Yes, God wants us to receive his grace. Absolutely. But it can't stop there. In fact, I would say this. That's only 50% of really walking with God. The other 50 is I'm walking with God, but I'm also connecting others to him as I walk with him because I'm passionate about him. Does that make sense? It's our mission. Don't, let me tell you, let me challenge you. Don't allow our, our, our personal preferences, don't allow your personal preferences to make you lose perspective on what the mission is that God has called you and I to. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter six and verse eight. It's a great scripture. This is God's talking to Isaiah. He says, then the voice of the Lord said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. God says, there's this mission. He's looking, he says, who, who do I send? And I love God, he's talking, to, he's talking to Isaiah. 
So literally he's saying, who do I send? It'd be like you talking to one of your friends and like you need help like with your car. You know what I'm saying? You need, you need, you need, your, you need, your, you need a ride. And you're like, man, who do I ask to give me a ride? <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Hey, do you know anybody that has a car that could give me a ride? I love God. He says, who, who do I send? Well, Isaiah's like, Here I am, I, I, I'll go, send me. I love this because I, I call it the send me attitude. It's the attitude of God, I'm here, I want you to use me. There may be other people around me, there may not be, but God, here I am. The send me attitude, this, this concept of God, use me. Use me in my school. Use me in my dorm room. Use me in my, at my workplace. And it's interesting, it's so interesting because we have this concept as Christians of where we've gotten to the place of where we oftentimes want to just be comfortable and we want people to like us, we want people to love us, and that's great. You can want to be liked and loved, but we want these, but if, if, and what happens is if we just get so caught up in wanting people to like us, we're like, oh, well, I don't want to like scare anybody and oh, well, I'm not talking about being weird and yelling at people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about saying that we're so passionate about something that we're willing to share with others around if they say, I don't want to hear it, all good. Be respectful, love them. But it should start with them at least having to tell you be respectful and that you don't want to hear it. It shouldn't be just like, oh, well, they don't want to hear it because no, we don't know what they're going through. They may need to hear it. They may have literally, I've had conversations with people before. We're like, last night I told God, if God, if you are really real, I'm giving you one last shot. If not, I'm going to kill myself. I've had people legitimately tell me that. And they've had a conversation with someone and someone shares about the love of God and they break down and they begin to cry and realize God loves them so much that he sent someone to them. Now the person didn't hear them say, okay, God didn't say, okay, I need you to take six steps and then I need you to take four steps and I need you to take three steps and I need you to go through that door and then I need you to talk to that person. No, they just were bold about their faith and they were so passionate about Jesus. They just said, hey, can I tell you something? Jesus loves you. And just from them saying, Jesus loves you, they realized the other person, is the very prayer that they were praying is answered and it's just because someone was being bold enough to share about their faith with someone else. It's our mission. Who will ascend? Here I am, send me. Oh my gosh, if there's one prayer for experienced church, it's God, here we are, send us. Here we are, send us. God, send me in my school and send me in my neighborhood and send me in my workplace and send me on my basketball, football, cheerleading team. God, here I am, send me, use me. It's the heart that I believe God desires for us to have. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. It says, but they, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they, if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? I love this because why do we share our faith? It's God's heart. It's our mission, but it, it's also others, other people's hope. It's other people's hope. It literally says, I love it. It says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe? Okay, but how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? Okay, check this out. And then how can they hear about him unless someone is willing to tell them? 
That means this, they can't believe unless someone's willing to share. Now, can God show up in a, with an angel and show up and touch someone's heart and, and shine the love and light of Jesus without someone sharing? Yes, absolutely. God is so powerful. He can do any of that stuff, no problem. But the cool thing about the God that we serve is he actually gives us the privilege of being able to be used and be a part of what he is doing on this planet with our friends and our families and our neighbors and our coworkers and our classmates. He gives us the privilege to be used. And so he, it's others hope. So here's what we know. I'm walking into school. I'm walking into work. Or I'm walking in my neighborhood. I'm on mission. I have a mission to, to share and shine the love of Jesus. But then not only that, I have to understand all around me, there are people that are broken that are looking for a hope. There are people that are depressed that are looking for joy. There are people that are fearful that are looking for peace. And we have the answer. We have the answer, and his name is Jesus. And so it's so vital as believers that we would say, okay, I understand. You're not the hope. When I say it's other people's hopes, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about a church. The hope of the world is Jesus. We just get the privilege to be a part of what Jesus is doing on this planet. So important we understand this. Why share our faith? It's God's heart. It's our mission, but it's, others people's, it's other people's hopes. And I think what we have done as an American culture in the last 50 to 100 years is we've some, I'm not gonna say we lost it completely, but we've somewhat lost the perspective of understanding the importance of shining and sharing. Do you know the statistic came out in 2023 for the year of 2022, statistically for Christians, people that call themselves and regularly go to church, not people that just say, oh yeah, I believe in God. Christians, people that call themselves Christians and regularly attend a church service in America, 55% of those people would say that they have not shared their faith with anyone in the last six months. Fifty-five percent of the people that call themselves Christians and regularly attend church would say that they have not shared their faith with someone that doesn't know God in the last six months. Can I tell you something? We've lost the perspective of what the purpose for the church, and when I say the church, I don't mean a building, I mean people. We've lost the perspective of what the church is supposed to do. We're called to reach, to love, to shine, to share. And I think this has happened in our culture. This is why I wanted to do this series. I thought it's so vital for us that we would be a people that we would get to the place of where we say, okay, God, I want to get back to the very basics. I want to believe in you, of course. I want to walk with you, of course. I want to be in relationship with others, of course. But I also want to understand the importance of sharing my faith. Why? Because it's your heart, but also it's my mission. But I understand there are so many people around us that have no hope. And so, God, I want to bring you, who is the hope of the world, to them. Just recently, we were in the gym. Uh, I try to work out every once in a while. Praise God, I know you can't tell by my size, but it's okay. And I try to work out recently, and Kenny was actually in the gym with me. Come on, somebody, that dude's got some biceps. You know what I'm saying? That dude, he purposely wears like schmediums though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love him, but dude, your shirt around your arms is too tight. You know what I'm saying? Like, praise God. He's, we're working out, we're working out, and you know, he's trying to embarrass me in the gym, but it's okay, and we're working out, and all of a sudden, we hear like, ugh, ugh, ugh. 
No, okay, that's what we heard. And then we turn around, and this dude who was trying to bench, I don't know, Kenny, it had to be, what, 345, 350, something like that. He's benching this ton amount of weight. He had no spot. And literally, the, the bar was on the dude's neck. Now, I don't know about you. If you don't work out, you may not know, but that will kill you if that's on your neck. So without even thinking about it, it wasn't like, hmm, Kenny, what do you think we should do in this situation? It, I didn't, we didn't stop. Hear me, hear me though, hear me though. We didn't stop, grab hands, and say, let's pray for this brother. Could you imagine in the gym? Oh, we're shining for Jesus. We're praying in a gym where the world is. Could you imagine some dude's got his 345 pounds on his neck and he's going like, and we're like, let's pray, brother. Lord, would you help this dear brother? Man, people would look at us like, these gotta be the two dumbest dudes that ever walked into a gym. No, here's what we did immediately. Actually, Kenny, he was working out. He didn't even realize he's oblivious. I run over there. I grab one side of the bar as quick as I could without even thinking about it. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I struggled a little bit to get to help, but I got it up. We got him off his neck and he like had to start breathing and like took a, you know, did the deal. But we helped him because he was in need. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, as funny as that story is, that's how the church looks. Oh, well, let's sit back and let's pray for those people. Oh, well, you know what? I know I got some coworkers and I know I got some classmates and ooh, I know I got some cheerleader friends or I got some football players. You know what? We need to stop and we need to take some prayer. We just need to pray. Oh God, would you just, just send somebody to them? And God's up there being like, it's you. <laughs> Why? Because when someone is in need, the initial reaction is not, oh, well, well, let me think about this or process. No, the initial re reaction is this someone is in need, so let me get out and help as quickly as I can. How much more should we do that for people's eternity? People's eternity on the line. And so again, I'm not talking about being weird and we'll talk about that in a second. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm not talking about being, being where you start to get made. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where we would be bold enough to say, hey, I know there's a God that loves you, that cares about you. And I know that you may be broken. You may have walked through this situation. I wanna let you know there is a God who cares for you just like he cares for me. People's eternity is on the line. It's their hope, just like he's our hope. And God is looking for those that would say, here I am, send me. So I want to get very practical and talk about how do we, why do we share our faith. And I never want to be a preacher. And I used to grow, go to a church like this when I was very young. They would say, do, 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 do. And then we would leave. And I would walk away and say, well, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. I wanted to, in my heart, do what he was telling me to do, but I never knew how. So I want to give you practical steps, very, very practical, on how to share your faith. The Bible says, let me show it to you, in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. When he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful and the laborers are few, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into their harvest. Let me tell you something. When I say praying for, for lost people, when I, when I said, oh, we don't just pray for them. Listen, it's important to pray for your friends. Important to pray for your family members. Important to pray. Yes, pray for them. I, in fact, I would tell you, and I do, I would have a list of names that you, would, you, that you literally verbally speak out to God. God soften their hearts and God send someone or move on their hearts or whatever it may be. I have family members and friends. I, literally, I, I, I share, I speak, I ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Okay? So I would say share, uh, to pray for them. But then this, 
Don't just pray for them. It says pray for the laborers. You need to pray for you. This is the prayer. I'm telling you, this is like the most dangerous prayer you could ever pray. But if you really want to live bold, this is the prayer you should pray. God, use me. And not just use me, because that's vague. So now we're just walking around like, oh, God, just use me here. No, I'm telling you, you ask God to use you where you are. Meaning this, if you're in school, if you're at FSU, if you're at FAMU, if you're at TCC, God, use me in a greater capacity at FSU. God, use me. I ask, God, use me at FAMU. If you're at a workplace, name the place that you work. If you work at, at Walmart, God, use me in a greater capacity at Walmart. Be very specific. I'm telling you, if you really ask this and if you really are asking for real, you better be ready because God is gonna send divine appointments into your life and into my life. But are we willing to pray, God, use us? Because here's what we do oftentimes. God, we got a lot going on and God, we got all this, we got stressed about school and we're stressed about work and we're stressed about finances. We're stressed about all these things. But I'm telling you, if you're bold enough to pray the prayer, God, use me. I'm telling you without a shadow of a doubt, God will send people in your path you won't even have to look. He'll send them to you. Why? Because the harvest is great. God, use me in a greater capacity where I am. Whatever that it looks like for you, whatever your world looks like, I would say the name of your street. God, use me on something, something court, whatever it is, whatever your name. God, you, and you ask that, I'm telling you, God's going to begin to move and show you and give you opportunities to share your faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 14. Do everything and love. Pray, but also love. The overflow of our heart is not, and when we share our faith, faith, is not that we're better than. It's not that we know more than. The overflow of our heart is love. We want to replicate the love of God. God, we understand God loved us, so we love him. And through that, now we want to love others around us. Do everything that we do. We, the way we speak to people, we do it in love. Don't get caught up in arguments and frustrating and anger. And that's not, that doesn't help share your faith. I, it makes me so frustrated when I see people making all these posts and trying to, oh, this is right and this is wrong. And people get mad and they start chatting back and forth and start trying to prove who's right. That's not love. That's not helping anyone change. That's not showing the love of Jesus. Love others. And so it's important as we believe. Now, I'm not saying don't stand up for what you believe. That's not what I'm saying. If you hear that, you're hearing wrong. What I'm saying is everything we do, we do it out of love. I understand God loves this person as much as he loves me, even though I don't agree with the way that they're living their lives. Does that make sense? Love. Very quickly, I'm going to close. She's up here. That means you got to get off the stage. Okay, good. Pray, love, and then a third one, very, very, probably most simplistic way to share your faith. You invite people to church. Now you're like, oh, Pastor Jordan, you're the pastor. You're just trying to get people to come to your church. That's not it at all. Invite them to some other church. I don't care. Invite them to church. Here's why I say that. Because it's probably the most simplistic and I would say even easiest way to get people around hearing the good news of who Jesus is. Invite them to church. Just recently, I love it, we have a, a, a young lady in our church and her windshield got cracked and her windshield was cracked and, uh, from something that happened, how, uh, something that happened, whatever. Anyways, her windshield was cracked, okay? And she called up the company and the company, the guy the, sends a guy and the, the guy's fixing her windshield. They start getting into a conversation just talking about life. Eh, she, and so next thing you know, 
He somehow gets into something about uh, not knowing about God or, or, or not really believing in God anymore. And so she says, well, I, I go to Experience Church. She said, you should, you should come to Experience Church. Dude said, oh, okay, let me, let, me, let me get your information. He got the information online of what Experience Church was. And he said, yeah, I may try to come. I can't come this week. I may try to come next week. And she's like, okay, yeah, cool, buddy. See you later. All she did was invite him to church. Literally, the very next Sunday, the dude had a terrible week that week. The very next Sunday, he shows up to our church. This has literally happened literally six, eight weeks ago. Shows up at our church. Started coming to church. God began to move on his heart. Began to believe in God, not only believe in God, but here's what happened. Two weeks later, he brings one of his friends who hadn't been to church since he was 15 years old. Came up to me and said, man, I literally came up to me and said, man, I haven't been to church in almost, over, almost 15 years. He said, man, I didn't believe in God. I, I gave up. Do you know that both of them came last week? Not only have they given their lives back to Christ and reconnected with God, but they both got baptized last week here on church. Yeah, give a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question about it. That is why we do what we do. But here's the thing. Neither one of their lives would have ever been touched if the young lady wouldn't have been bold enough to just say, would you come to church with me? It's very simplistic. Now, Jesus back then, when Jesus was sharing faith, you may look at it and say, well, Jesus doesn't say go and invite people to church. No, it's just one of the ways that we can help invite. Another one is sharing your faith. Sharing it. Sharing our faith is twofold. Let me explain. Because people can get real nervous about, well, I don't know what to say, and I don't know what to do, and I, I don't know how to, I'm going to get very practical, okay? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, very quickly, I'm closing, I promise, we got to go. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have, now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Talking about Satan. Now check this out. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as shrink from death. They triumphed over him, the blood of the lamb, the word of testimony. Witnessing, sharing our faith, twofold. Share about it, sharing about the blood of the lamb, talk about that in a second, and sharing about our testimony. Two ways. The blood of the lamb, what does that mean? Here's what I do. I'm, when, I, when I share my faith, I'm not trying to prove to you that I know more than you. I'm not trying to prove to people. That's not what I want. Here's what I want. I just want to let you know what Jesus did, the gospel that he came and he died for the world. John 3, 16 is something you can read, you can quote. I just want you to know what Jesus did. I'm letting Jesus do the changing. I'm just sharing about him. Because I can't change people. You can't change people. The Holy Spirit is the one that changes people. How do I share my faith? I share about who Jesus is and what he did. And then not only that, the word of my testimony. So here's what I do. Now, I don't say, oh, you know what? Let me tell you all the things you're doing wrong right now. Let me tell you all the things you need to change. You are doing this bad, bad, bad. You bad, me good. No, here's what I do. Let me tell you what Jesus won, he did. But now let me also tell you on the cross, but now let me also tell you what he's done for me personally. Yeah. I was once lost. Man, I was confused. Man, I was depressed. Man, I didn't like God. I didn't like people. I was angry. But let me tell you something. Something happened when I gave my life to him. And God began to renew something in my heart that I never thought was there. He gave me a peace that I never had. And so here's what you do. Whatever your story looks like, you begin to share it with them. And here's what happens. You're not saying, hey, you do these bad things and I do these good things. No, you're saying, I did bad things and God changed me from the inside out. And he's a good God, let me share who he is and what he's done in my life.
The greatest way and the greatest power that you have in witnessing to others is Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus. And Jesus. And what he's done in our lives. Share your story. I would challenge you. Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. It's my child. He's amen in me. You know what I'm saying? Let us not be a church where we say 55% hasn't shared anything to anyone in the last six months. Let's start today. Maybe that's you, and that's okay. That's okay. It's totally fine. There's no condemnation. Hear me. There's no condemnation. Jesus loves you. God loves you. We love you. That's not, that's not it. We're not, we're not a church that believes in condemning people. That's not what we're doing. What I'm trying to do is say, let's make a mental shift and a perspective shift that says, okay, I need to now know this is God's heart. And I, know, I need to know this is my mission. This isn't just me coming to church and me just trying to be a good person. No, there's this mission. There's this perspective shift. There's this mission that God wants me to live on. And I understand this mission is other people around me hope. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for them. And I'm going to pray for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite people. And I'm going to share my faith with people. Why? Because I understand that there's this God who loves me. But he also doesn't stop at just loving me. He loves those around me. And he's called me to be a person that is a light that shines shines and shares to those people around me. Because here's the question we all have to ask ourselves. If not us, who? If not you in your workplace, if not you in that classroom, if not you in that neighborhood, who? He's called all of us to be a people that live bold, shining, and sharing for him. Amen? Can we pray today? Would you mind standing with us?